Thanks, podcast. Everyone keep trying to... You've got to listen to... Po- I, I like the podcast. I like a bit of music. Warning. The following podcast features opinions performed either by professionals or under the supervision of professionals. Accordingly, Spotify and the producers must insist that no one attempt to recreate or reenact any opinion or ideology expressed on this show. Hey Howard Hings, this is Mark here and welcome back to the Clockwork Junkie podcast. This is, I believe, episode 228. Thank you for tuning in, you are genuinely more than welcome. I did mention in my last podcast that I would do a few solo podcasts and this is one of those. Um, But I didn't mention how many I was going to do because I actually still don't know. It might be two, it might be three, it might be four. These podcasts won't be on YouTube, they'll just be on whatever audio platform you're listening to now. So Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you can get all these solo podcasts there. Incidentally, I will be putting more podcasts up on YouTube. When I do, I will mention it at the start of the podcast so you can go and click on, I'll actually leave a link in the description, you can click on it, because I do know some people prefer to watch it on YouTube, and I watch a lot of my podcasts on YouTube also. I listen to them when I'm driving, or when I'm going for a long walk, and stuff like that, and I enjoy both equally, but if you like sitting down, having a cup of tea, watching the podcast, well then, i let you know the podcast is on YouTube um, early on, when the podcast starts on whatever audio platform you're listening to. So, on that note, I have I was talking to three different people today, um, two have decided to come on the podcast and the other one working things out so Trish Renoni is coming on um, she is an actor she had a small part in Fee Wars she stars in Pink is In which is after travelling around the world it's about a prison in Toronto um, and she plays the top dog in that um, she's in countless other things um, she's a writer, she's a producer she's a director Um extremely talented but so easy to get on with so i reached out and said would you like to come on the podcast for a chat and she said yes so i'll be recording that in a couple of days time what i'll do is i'll ask her about the show and then what i want to do is because i think she'd be a lot of fun she's done a lot of interviews and a lot of podcasts and i haven't discussed this with her by the way but i don't want to bore the shit over so i might write down a few questions like i've done in the past or What's your favourite this? How would you do that? And see her answer. I think it might be some good fun and I'll throw in some humdingers of questions as I normally do. It'll be a bit fun. I'm really looking forward to that actually. The other guest is, you know the way people are talking about diets and this and that and what's the best thing to do. And Margaret Stone is out of Dallas, Texas. And she started a company called Eat Smart. And she's a YouTube channel and she's a website and she's just a very good communicator about food. Um... I don't know the full story, but I probably believe there's a backstory of how she got into it in the first place. And her knowledge is fantastic. Her YouTube channel is fantastic. So when these people come on, I'll leave all the links and but you know you can go and check them out. But I, I think they'll be really, really good podcasts. Um and they'll be coming up in the near future. I'm recording them in the next you know, maybe five to seven days. Um so look out for them. Um they will be on YouTube and I will let you know when they're out. The third person I can't mention who it is but it's one of the top porn stars in the world in 2022 so we're in talks at the moment of trying to get her on i think she is like hundreds of billions of views on the porn sites and hundreds of thousands of followers so they're the type of things i have in the works um but for today they'll just have me on my own which some would say is no substitute 
and I kind of agree. But look, the reason I want to do some on my own is the following. I think it's nice to touch base. When I started this podcast, it was just me talking on my own and I know people like listening to me. It's something I haven't got used to yet and I, I'm, I'm trying to, but people like it and I have to give the listeners to the podcast what they ask for and they like some solo podcasts, some opinions on stuff and so that's what I'm doing here today. I know a lot of podcasters don't like doing solo podcasts, but I actually do. I actually do like doing them. And I don't know, is that a delusions of grandeur? Or, or I, I'm not really sure what that is, but I enjoy doing solo podcasts. I enjoy getting my opinions out. And even though I'm talking to myself in front of a microphone and a laptop now, as you're listening to this wherever you are, I still feel like I'm talking to you. Even when I'm saying something, I feel like, but what might I ask next? And then I try to answer that. So look, that's the way we're going to do it today. Um, <clears throat> you've seen the thumbnail. It's on friendship. To be perfectly honest, I changed what I was going to do. I was going to... Friendship is so important to people. If you don't have a friend... We grow taller when we have a friend. When we have someone to back us up, we grow taller. I don't know if anyone's seen that uh, cyclist that I think it was one of the Olympics. She was the first person from her country to finish some race. I could be wrong, but I could be fucking this up, but... The premise is right. And she finished it. And she didn't come in first. She wasn't even mid-division. I think she was towards the end. And she was sitting down slumped over and just so, so, um, so down and, and so tired and so exhausted and had nothing left. And then I think it was her cousin and her sister who started calling her. That they were there to see her. They witnessed what she'd accomplished as the first woman to ever do it for her country. And I went up and gave her a hug. And it's just very emotional. And it's just to have some backup and have some friends. Incidentally, I will try to find that. And I'll try to leave the link in the description if you want to go and watch that after the podcast. Because I think it's a very uplifting thing. I must have watched it about 200 times. I'm like that. If I see something that I like, <clears throat> I'll, I'll play it over and over again. Some people think that's weird. But I know loads of people who do the very same thing. If they find something funny or find something cool, they'll watch it loads of times. And I'm like that, so... What I wanted to do was talk about friendship. And I thought, first of all, I said, well, you know, what are you looking for in a friend? What's a good trait to have as a friend? And I thought, I don't want to do that because everybody knows that. They know that already. And I said, what are the key things to look out in a toxic friend? So I went scurrying on the interweb, trying to find out what was good information. Um, and I came across an article and it had probably some of the best information I've seen. And it's it's a good insight into toxic friendship, and into toxic people, into what to look out for, how to know if people are toxic, and all that kind of stuff. And obviously, I'll be adding my commentary stylings to it as I go along, because I don't agree with it all. Just before I start, remember that the link tree is in the description. You can um, There's a tip jar in there, people. First of all, the PayPal is in there, so you can make a one-time donation. Thank you to anyone who's done that. Um, a good few people did it last week. I really appreciate it. That's a one-time donation. You can just put whatever you have to spare in from PayPal. Some people brought to my attention that, well, what if you don't have PayPal or don't use it? So I set up a tip jar. So they're in the description as well. Um, thank you for anyone who's supporting the podcast. Um, it's incredible. I, I really appreciate it. You'll never know how much I'm with today's show. So I can tell you where I got this. I got this off www.healthline.com. And the heading went, in a, uh, in a toxic friendship, question mark and I said here's what to look for and how to handle it now this is one of at least I'm going to say well definitely over 20 that I looked at to find a good one because I didn't want to be talking shit on here I wanted to have good information 
So this was uh, medically reviewed by Janet Brito. She's a PhD. And then it was written by Crystal Rayapol. It was on the 9th of May 2020. Would that have been... Is that when COVID started? It was 2019. I can't even remember. But I'll just read you some of this. There's loads of key points. There's loads of good information. And then I'll be talking over most of it as I normally do. Uh, it says, Friends help make life more meaningful. That's true. They provide social and emotional support. They ease feelings of loneliness and help you feel happier and more satisfied with life. It says maintaining social connection can even lengthen your lifespan and lower your risk of mental and physical health concerns, including depression and high blood pressure. Well, I had depression for years and my blood pressure was through the roof. So what does that say about my friends? It says some friendships might not have such a positive effect and others might be downright toxic. So I said, let's read on. This could be good information for us. And it is good information, by the way. It says toxic friendships can take different forms, but they generally drain you mentally and have a way of bringing you down instead of bringing you up. Like we all know people like that, don't we? Every single one of us knows, I was going to say someone like that. We know a fucking army of people like that. I do anyways. Then it says, are you wondering how to recognize a toxic friendship? So it's not sure how to deal with the situation. And here are some tips. So this is what I thought was fairly good. First of all, I start talking about what a toxic friend does. And I said, everyone has good and bad days. On a bad day, kindness doesn't always come easy. Even with loved ones. Now that is true. I would consider myself, I don't think I'm toxic. I think I'm not perfect. I'm far from it. I make mistakes on the regular. But I lead with a good heart. And I know that about myself. But I do know I've snapped or said something I shouldn't have said or said something that hurt someone when I was pent up with stress or under pressure or feeling shit. So I'd assume everyone has done that sometimes. I said, so with that being said, how can you tell the difference between a truly toxic friend and someone who's just having a bad day? Because there's a huge difference. So a good friend having a bad day might snap at you or seem distant, but they'll likely apologize once they settle down. Whereby toxic friends, on the other hand, tend to follow a pattern that never really dies down. They won't show much regret or inclination to change, even when they realise that they've made you feel bad. So I said, here's a look at some other things a toxic friend might do. Now, this is interesting. And again, for everything I'm going to read out here, I think in your mind when you're listening to this, you're going to picture one of these toxic friends that you have in your life or had in your life. One of them here is put you down. So friends often joke with each other, and a little good nature teasing doesn't mean your friendship is toxic, especially if you're laughing too, which is true. When a friend regularly demeans you and makes you feel miserable, whether they use more subtle nagging tactics or outright insults, your friendship probably isn't a healthy one. So I listened to the podcast I done with my brother James today. That's when I listened to it. That's when I got a chance. I went for a big long walk and I put on the whole podcast. And in that is an example of, even though we're brothers, we're still friends. At the very start of that podcast, I mentioned that I wouldn't like to go on a stag party. If you heard the podcast, you'll remember. I wouldn't like to go on a stag party. I said I wouldn't even go on his stag party because I don't like it. All the drinking and people going and shouting and getting messy and it's just not my style. And he said that he wouldn't invite me anyways because the people that would want to go with him and him would want to have fun. Insinuating that I wouldn't bring fun. Both of us laughed on the podcast when he said it. And I laughed when I went for a walk and I listened back to it. So that's the sign of banter between people that know each other. 
whereas the other side of it is a bit more toxic. You talk about gossip here. Now, is gossip a mainly female thing? Or is it male and female? What do you think? I used to think it was just a female thing, but I'm not so sure anymore. It says here, you told a friend something in confidence, and the next day, your entire social circle knows about the details. Now, I don't know. I think this might be more of a younger generation thing. Like, if I told somebody something, and who would be our social circle, they wouldn't give a shit, number one. My friend probably wouldn't say anything, number two. If he did, he'd get a backhand on the spot. So this might be the more younger crowd we're talking about. It says, anyone can slip up and say things that they shouldn't, but toxic friends might seem to enjoy spreading secrets around even when you've asked them to keep the personal information private. That someone who, is, who constantly breaks your trust probably doesn't care too much about your feelings. That is true, but stop fucking telling them then. If you tell somebody a secret and they tell your social circle and then you tell them another secret and you tell their social circle and then they tell them another secret and they tell your social circle, at what point does that become your, your fault as well? If you're telling people stuff and they're telling everyone else, just stop telling them. But watch out when people do do that. This one then is very interesting, I think. So it's apologizing without sincerity. Now, you must have seen that so many times. It says, when you call them out under behavior, just shrug off your distress and give a flippant, sorry, you know what these fuckers said, instead of taking time to consider your perspective to say, well, I'm sorry that you feel this way, or follow up the apology with a defensive, I'm sorry you feel this way, but the world is full of them, isn't it? absolutely full of them but i don't know like i like to think that my antennas my radar is 360 around me and i'm picking up information from loads of places but how tight or small is their wit band to take into they must be just taking in some information and be oblivious to the other 90 percent of it you know you can't really talk to those people and you shouldn't do either when i say you shouldn't talk to them you shouldn't be close friends you shouldn't be telling them secrets you shouldn't be depending on them I don't think. Then it says, what about if your friend, your toxic friend makes you feel nervous? So unpredictability alone doesn't necessarily indicate that someone is toxic. But when the reactions should cause harm, could cause harm or feel abusive, it's wise to proceed with caution. It says here, no one is entirely predictable, but it's reasonable to expect someone you trust to mostly expect their, express their emotions in a safe and healthy way. I agree with that. It says, maybe they get extremely irritated and shout at you over tiny things, like forgetting to turn off the TV, or not returning the jacket to lend you. Then, the next minute, they act as if nothing happened. Well, that sounds a bit, um... When I was younger, we used to call that two-faced. <laughs> Does anyone else call that two-faced? It says, you never really know how they'll react. You might have a hard time feeling comfortable around them. It says, there's sometimes they might leave you unsettled, so spending time with a close friend should make you feel good, I agree, it says here, generally speaking. But maybe spending time with one particular friend leaves you uneasy or upset. Have you ever talked to someone and you're absolutely drained after? Like I know people even now who you could meet them for 90 minutes. The day before that, all of your family could have been massacred. But this person you meet for 90 minutes doesn't know that because they'll never ask. They're talking about themselves. Well, I brought Jack yesterday in school. He hurt his knee and then his ankle was this and then they have to play and I spoke to Mary who's our... Shut the fuck up, bitch. Nobody cares. Shh. Then people are in a bubble. 
They might think, well, that's their life. It is their life, but it doesn't have to be your life. What what bandwidth are you taking in information? They're just taking, you know, if you go a complete 360 the whole way around you, these people are taking in about 20 degrees, even 340, taking in no information, completely oblivious to everything else, like a bull in a china shop. And if you're like that as well, you're fine. As long as both of you are in the same bandwidth, then you talk shy for hours and hours. We're so close. We're so good friends. We do anything for each other. And when the truth is, the party are fucking Amazons. So spending time with close friends, as I said, should make you feel good, generally speaking. Maybe spending time with one particular friend leaves you feeling uneasy or upset. You might not even have good explanation. You might not even have a good explanation as to why. But when you leave them, you feel more relieved than disappointed. And you don't look forward to spending time with them again. I've had that in my past where I, a friend, will you meet me? No, I can't. Will you meet me? No, I can't. Then I say, yes, okay, we meet. And then it's the, the morning of me meeting them and I'm going, fucking hell, I haven't. Like, like, you nearly want to spend four hours with Wim Hof, the breathing expert beforehand, to prepare you to talk to the person. So says, if you notice this unsettling feeling, consider examining your friendship for other signs that things aren't quite right. Another thing a toxic friend might do is compare you to other people. So having a friend who likes to point out the ways you don't measure up to that person's other friends. Maybe your apartment is too small. Maybe it's smaller than X's apartment. So maybe you're not fun to hang out with. Or maybe you dress more like such and so. And if you do, that will make you cooler. But everyone, as we know, have their own unique traits and dress sense and differences. And a good friend will absolutely 100% recognize this. They won't compare you to others or imply that you're somehow less than any other person. They definitely don't use peer pressure to get you to do things that you prefer not to do either. Another thing that a toxic friend does is to put themselves front and center. Always. It's called a fear weather friend. Have you heard of that before? A friend who puts himself at front and center always. It's called a fear weather friend. What to do is to drop in when things are going well or when they need something from you. But when you're struggling, you can't reach them at all. They become a fucking ninja. So that some friends can go on. For, this is actually what I spoke about myself a minute ago. Some friends can go on for an hour about your recent problems. When they finish venting, they often they offer a talking to you. Anyways, how are you? Before quickly turning the conversations back to themselves. Everybody knows someone like that. 100%. True friends don't just take. They also offer empathy for your concerns in circumstances good, bad, or everything and anything in between. The next one then is try to change. So someone who tries to change things about you may not be the ideal friend. Agreed. It depends, of course. If they're trying to change things about you because you're sliding, uh, maybe they're trying to lift you up to their level. Maybe they're trying to make you better. Not judging you, just making you better. I think that might be okay. But let's go on and see what it says. It says here, a true friend understands that people have different personalities and they'll accept you for you. If you ask for guidance on something that you'd like to change, they might provide support and encouragement. But they'll probably wait for you to ask instead of telling you what you should do. Well, that's fair enough. It says here, say you struggle in social settings and want to get better at meeting new people. A good friend might suggest you come to their next game night so they can introduce you to a few other friends in a comfortable environment. I get that, you know, you have Johnny, he's a bit nervous, he doesn't want to go anywhere, and you think, look, 
I can go down for example, I can go down for three or four pints to watch a football match this evening. I'm meeting two guys, the two of them are gentlemen, sound as a pound, quiet lads. They like to watch a bit of football. We're all going home afterwards. Would you like to come down and join us? I understand that hundred percent. That sounds um that sounds like a good friend to me. But what it does then is it goes on to say how toxic friendship affects you. So it says toxic friendships can have a pretty significant impact, in fact, on your overall well-being. It said spending time with people who don't care about your feelings can eventually affect your emotional and physical health. If you notice any of the following signs after spending time with a friend, you may want to consider reevaluating the friendship. Now, thankfully, you know, I think I'm a good guy, but some people don't like me because I'm very, very blunt. If I'm talking to somebody and they're talking nonsense, I'll say you're talking nonsense. I've called out to people in the past and said, I don't like the way our friendship is going for these reasons. I'd like it to change. And then when they didn't change, I met them and said, I don't want to be friends with you anymore because of the reasons we spoke about. Sometimes they change for a week or two and then they go back to their old way. Um, you look, for anything like me, you don't have time for that. I'm trying to go out and enjoy myself. I'm trying to build myself, make myself better every day and just fucking trying to survive in life. I don't have to be time to be negotiating a fucking narcissist or four or five of them. Fucking hell. So I said, what toxic friendships can do is they can make you feel lonely and it can make you feel isolated, in fact. It said spending time with your friends should increase your sense of connection. I agree with that. So the toxic friendship might leave you feeling ignored instead. You reach out to make plans, but you're left out with a group event and your messages go unanswered unless, of course, they need something from you. They don't seem to want to spend time with you and the friendship doesn't fulfill you and it doesn't fulfill a friendship at all. Look, I know people like that. I have got on to people in my life who I'd hear from them once every two weeks and it'd be when they're commuting home from work. You're trying to kill time, champion. If you want to ring me, take time of a Saturday when you're off or, or, or ring me during the day. But you're very busy. You're not busy 24 hours a day. If you really wanted to, you could take 10 minutes out to ring anyone. I know because I do it for people. I send texts at different times to people. I do it all the time. I'm busy as well, but I still do it. So I had to say that to people before. Stop ringing me when you're coming home from work. You know, well, it's the only real chance I get. It's not the real chance I get. If, if I was a proper friend, you'd make more time. That's non-negotiable, by the way. Oh, well, I don't think and I don't give two fiddlers fuck what you think. But that's the way it is. End of story. And then they'll ring you on a Saturday. Then you won't hear from them in three weeks. And they'll ring you on a Monday on the way home from work. Yeah, just leaving the office now. Fuck off. Clown you. Another thing that happens is your stress increases. It says, reduce stress is one of the key benefits of strong friendships. Seeing friends might not always make you feel 100% better, but you'll probably notice some improvement. I mean, that's fair. When you meet your friends and... Do you ever just be stressed out and just, oh my God, and you're finished and you get to meet some... Do you know a perfect example of this? And I don't know if anyone's seen it. I've seen a clip before of the red carpet, the red carpet on a Hollywood strip. There was some premiere of the movie I probably should know what it was but Emma Watson was there the Harry Potter girl and there was people taking she was in one of them gowns and yada 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 people were taking photographs there was cameras this is like maybe a year ago 
camera's flashing in her eyes and she's just sitting there smiling trying to look petite and pretty and all this and and she looks like she's fine but then she looks around and coming down the stairs behind her is Margot Robbie and they see each other and the two of them just smile as if to say oh my god hug me you know how I feel standing here doing this if I find that clip I'll actually leave it in the description as well but um it's hard to go around filing all these clips but that that's what I kind of that's what that kind of says to me you know but even with these friends even when you're with even when you aren't with them you might spend a lot of time thinking back on the negative interactions that you had with them the last time you spoke to them which can make you feel tense and irritable i know in the past i'm sure look again i keep saying this i don't think there's anyone listening to this that can't empathize and identify with every single thing i'm saying here i certainly can do you ever meet your friend and you're finished with them and you're driving back in the car or you're walking in and you get home you take off your shoes and go jesus that's after taking 20 years off my life i've done it 100 percent Another thing that toxic friends do is uh, they make you that you don't feel supported. So true friends offer support when you need it. So sure, this support isn't always tangible, which I agree with. At the very least, friendship typically involves listening and empathy and offering validation for distress and pain. In a toxic friendship, you never feel that support or compassion. You feel minimized when they brush off your problems or ignore them outright. Or sometimes they never even respond. In short, they aren't there for you when you need them the most. They are not a friend. It can also affect your self-confidence and your self-esteem. When someone continually puts you down and treats you poorly, you might start to accept this behavior and stop expecting anything better. As you begin to believe their put-downs and start to doubt your own strengths and capabilities, your self-esteem may start to diminish. goes on to say then that you could blame yourself for their behavior. Now, I've, I've never went down this road, but Jesus, please don't do that. It says, another outcome is manipulation. So you start to think that you're in the wrong. So when they lash out at you, you might believe that you deserve it. You might decide that they never offer support because you ask for it too much. So you try making up for it by jumping in and out whenever they want you to do something. So it's actually, actually after having the opposite effect, you're trying to get them to stop being narcissistic and manipulative and toxic towards you they make you feel a certain way and now you do everything you can to please them i can't stand people like that and i feel so sorry for people in that situation for in that situation i genuinely feel so sorry for you so sir that you might even feel grateful that they spend any time with you since after all they've pointed out so many of your flaws goes on to say you often feel off balance so people who behave in toxic ways often use manipulation to get what they want. So manipulation often leaves the impression that something isn't quite right, though you can't identify exactly what. So you might feel as if you never know the right thing to say or the right thing to do. They might take subtle digs at you, they might mock you, sometimes openly, leaving you very uncertain whether they mean it or they're just joking. Their reaction or their overreaction can further unbalance you. But sometimes they laugh things off, sometimes they shout. But not knowing which will happen can make you confused, so you aren't sure how to exp- how to uh, proceed, obviously except with extreme caution. But the une- uneasiness can actually bleed into other parts of your life, leaving you jumpy and uneasy even at work. Like, <clears throat> these toxic people are a stain on society. 
They just want, 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 want. And they always pick someone who's kind-hearted and good. Always. They're predators. When I got better from depression, you wouldn't believe the clarity I had in my mind. And I just knew, okay, that person's out, that person's out, that person's out. And sometimes what I did, I don't think I've ever discussed this on the podcast before. There's people who are a bit toxic or have some of these traits that we're discussing here that I haven't got completely out of my life, but I've internally relegated them from top tier friend to second or third tier friend. As in, top tier friend is I believe I have a relationship with you. I believe this is how we feel about each other and this is what we should do. We should stand up. Uh, My problems is your problems. My lies is your lies. My successes is your successes. And if I look at you like that, that's the way I think it. But you have to do a lot of things wrong for me to uh, internally, um, consciously downgrade you to level two. I don't even have to tell you you've been downgraded. I just won't look at you the same. I won't tell you the same things. I won't offer you the same stuff. I won't come to you for advice. I still have a pint with you. I still watch a match with you. I'd still, you know, do small things. I'll give you a lift if you need it somewhere. But you're relegated. You don't know that. I know it. That's good enough. I don't cut you off completely because you might have some good traits, you know. But you just get relegated in the list of priorities of people. If, for instance, everyone I knew was in a building and there was a fire, who would I grab out first? Who would I grab out second? Maybe someone I would grab on third had been relegated to 46th on the list. You know? That's the example I'm talking about. You also talk about your other relationships suffering. So one toxic friendship can slowly but steadily begin to poison other close relationships. Once you start to doubt yourself, you might see yourself as a poor friend. Even if you don't start doubting yourself, you might find it difficult to trust others. You might wonder if everyone sees you as flawed, boring or unsupportive and begin avoiding people as a result. This can keep you from actually seeking support from people who really do care. And it might even leave you further isolated and lonely. So I mean... That's the gist of the podcast. I'm after saying what I said. A lot of good information there. Um, I think we all know several people with those traits. And then I thought, well, so what now? What's next? You can't end a podcast like that. It's fucking ridiculous. You gave information that everyone knows. Is there anything to add to that? Yes, there is. So you realise you have a toxic friendship, but what comes next? It says you have two main options. You might want to try talking to the person, the friend first. It's possible that they don't realise just how unpleasant their behaviour is. If you want to salvage the friendship, this might be a good first choice. The other choice involves ending the friendship completely. So they have a few tips here that will um, help you take a safe, kind of healthy route, whichever of those paths that you choose. So it says here it's okay to want to offer a second chance. I also believe that as well. Not to everybody, by the way. Not everybody doesn't deserve a second chance. Oh, everyone deserves a second chance. You don't know what happened. No. You'll know yourself in your gut if somebody deserves a second chance. So it says maybe they weren't always toxic. Or they don't understand how their actions affect you. Some people do need a little extra support. If they behave in self-centered ways without showing outright maliciousness, talking talking to them about the impact of their behavior could improve matters. I agree with that. So use I statements and other productive communication methods to start a dialogue. Be open about how their behavior makes you feel and consider setting boundaries for future interactions. For example, the way you could phrase it was, I feel hurt when I hear negative comments 
about my hair or my clothes. In the future, please don't mock my style choices. So that's clear. It's not saying you're using I. I feel this when you do this, when you say this about me. So I would like you to stop doing that if our friendship is to continue. Clear as day. Goes on to say, of course, but this isn't always the best idea. It says, if a friendship doesn't have any positive benefits at all for you. And by the way, sometimes it takes you ages to realise this. Like, I've had friends for years and years and years. And it never crossed my mind whether they were narcissistic or whether they were... I just had them. I went about my life. It was only when I got ill. And then when I got better, I said, well, I'm not putting up this anymore. Things can be better for me. But the people are probably going around in a group of ten people. And there are probably six or seven toxic people in there and you don't know. I think if you open your eyes and start looking around, and particularly if you listen to this podcast and some of the information that I've given you, and they're doing them things, it's known by science that they're toxic friends. Get rid of them. So as I said, if a friendship doesn't have any positive benefits for you, and your conversation with them hasn't helped, it may be time to end it. But the same goes for a friendship that crosses over the abusive territory. Well, that goes without saying says you can tell someone how their actions affect you, but you can't make them change. This is also very true. They have to do this on their own, and not everyone is willing to make the effort. 100%. That's, I spoke to friends of mine and said, I'm not happy with A, B, C, and D. They said they would change. They did not change. I said, look, we can't be friends if, this, if you don't do, or if you keep doing A, B, C, and D. They said they will not do it. Then they did. Then I said, we are not friends. That's it. And I don't know why that's not a lagging feeling or it doesn't bother me or just does not bother me. Hopefully you can do the same. But it's interesting what to say here in a minute because, um, look, I'll, I'll get to it in a minute. It says that sometimes a toxic friend, they tell you, they promise you, they might even say, look, I promise that I'm going to change. And they do treat you better temporarily. But if they start belittling you again or returning to the other patterns of toxic behaviour, you're better off moving moving on from them. And that is 100%. It goes on to say, take space for yourself. If you spend a lot of time wishing a friend would treat you better, why not take a break from them for a while and see what changes? This is not a bad idea at all. Does time apart from the friendship can help you sort through your feelings and get clarity on your next steps? But you can also see how your life looks without that person in it. Isn't that a very, very good point? It's a very key point. So maybe things improve significantly significantly, and you feel much better when you don't have to worry about seeing them. If so, this is a strong reason to consider ending the friendship. That's 100%. It talks here a little bit about then, if you go to talk to the person, says practice ahead of time. I said, well, this might be interesting. And I read it and it was. said, once you know that you need to end the friendship, you're going to have to let the person know. So communicating this in person is often best. says, choose a public area that also offers some privacy, like a park or a neutral location. If you don't feel safe, give them a call. Or you can even write a letter. I wouldn't be writing a letter, but I'd give them a call, no bother. I'd meet them and... I told people I wasn't friends with them anymore over the phone. I called out to people's houses and told them to go fuck themselves, to be honest with you. So before the discussion, write out what you're going to say. Will you explain your reasons or simply say the friendship no longer works for me? Organizing your thoughts and practicing beforehand 
could be by yourself or with someone you actually trust, can boost your confidence and help you stick with your decision. It says here, be direct. While the level of detail you provide may depend on the circumstances or your history with that particular person, don't leave them with any ambiguity about the status of your friendship. That is 100%. Don't give them a back in, a way back in where they can weasel their way back in after a couple of weeks because narcissists don't care. If someone told me they didn't want to be my friend for loads of reasons and they told me the reasons and I didn't change and then they came to me and says, Mark, I don't want to be friends with you because the way you act, the way you do things isn't for me. It wouldn't cross my mind to wheel my way back into your life. I wouldn't be able to look at them straight in the face again. That's because I have a brain in my head and you have a brain in your head. These people do not. They're toxic. They will weasel their way back in. They said that the person, the toxic friend that you're telling you don't want to be friends with anymore, it's that they might not want to end the friendship. So they might cut you off and try turning the situation around or even make you feel guilty, which actually happened to me once. Try to make me feel guilty. So it says try not to react, even if they react angrily or aggressively. Just restate your decision calmly, but firmly, and leave. It says here then, think carefully before getting back in touch. As if you decide, and this is very, very, very important. So as if you decide to cut off contact, trust your instincts and avoid reaching out or responding to any attempts to contact you. Says so in time, you might think about the good times that you shared with that person and wonder if they've changed. But remember why you ended a friendship in the first place. Restarting it could make everything just as miserable as it was. So the best thing to do is to let some time pass before you consider picking it back up. Now it goes on to say people can change. I agree with this as well. But if your friend reaches out and they say, look, I apologize, and it seems absolutely sincere, you might try rekindling the friendship. But just move slow and protect yourself. And reiterate why you weren't friends in the first place. Like people, I've seen people in the past doing things and saying things. And 10 years later, when you speak to them, they go, like, I actually can't believe I've done that. I'm a completely different person. I'm not the same person at all whatsoever. And they're not. They're not the same person. So people do change. I know that myself. Another problem you might have, of course, is what if you have a mutual friend? So it says here, if you and a toxic friend have mutual friends, you might worry about how they'll react. But I said, don't feel that you have to give more details than you feel comfortable with. They may already have some awareness themselves of the situation, which they probably will, unless they're idiots. You might simply say, look, I've decided to end my friendship with such and so because it had a negative impact on my well-being. Something along those lines. For me, there's so many toxic people out there. All they want is to take stuff from you, but for you to listen to them, for you to listen to their story. What happened to them yesterday? When people say, well, I think it was Thursday, and I went down and I seen a man called Tom. Sorry, it wasn't Thursday, it was Friday. Sorry, I tell a lie, it was Thursday. Shut the fuck up, you absolute clown. I don't give a fuck what day it was. Jesus, Jesus Christ. Stop telling me what day it was. Stop telling me, oh, actually it wasn't John, it was Breda and it was Wednesday in the evening. Sorry, it was Friday. It was Friday morning and it was Timothy. I go up and fucking harpoon them, guillotine them. Those conversations drive me mad. But look, please look out for yourself there. I know... 
people feel safe when they're with someone that they know. You feel, you know, you might know them all your life. You might have just met them. It could be a work colleague. It could be a friend that you thought was cool. Narcissists and people like that and toxic friends are normally cool when you meet them. They're sound. They're really, really nice. You'll slowly but surely erode or chip away at your confidence and at your at your life, your lifestyle, the things you believe in, your own self-worth. And they make everything about them. They're bad, bad people. I'm not saying as the years pass, like, you know, they could be going through something. That's fair enough. But as the years pass, some people do change and they're not like that anymore. Um, But for me, never go back to them. And you will think that, oh, well, I do remember we laughed this day and that was so funny. And some of my best memories is with that person. And some of your worst memories was with that person too. Look after yourself out there. There's toxic people everywhere. If you're in a toxic friendship now, my advice would be to get rid of the person. I know what, how it feels like. I couldn't say that to them because they think that I love sitting down and listening to them. And it would like it became from fucking left field if I said that. Look, you're annoying me. It would be impossible for me. And I know people in that situation now that I know myself have people calling to them who go talk about themselves and talk shit non-stop. And they have to sit there and listen like a lapdog to every word they're saying. I just will not do it. I will not do it. I'm too important. Oh, you're too important. Yes, I'm too important to sit down and listen to a fucking clown talking shit about whether something happened Wednesday or Thursday or whether it was the morning or afternoon. Nobody gives a fiddler's fuck when it happened, champion. Okay? Watch yourself out there. Thank you for listening to the podcast. It's much longer than I thought it was going to be. I was hoping it was going to be a half an hour. If you can, um, donate to the tip jar or PayPal, please do. Have a good weekend. Tomorrow's Friday. Plan something nice for yourself. Um, hope you had a good Valentine's Day. As I said, I have two podcasts lined up and I'm trying to get the third one. Um, when they come out on YouTube, I'll let you know. Two more podcasts next week. One on Monday and one on Thursday. Both of them will be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. They won't be on YouTube. Thank you for the support. Thank you for sharing my shit on social media. I'm not even on Instagram anymore. Excuse me. I'm on Instagram. I'm not even on uh, Twitter anymore. People on Twitter share my podcast on Twitter for me. And I'm not even on it. Which is fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you for all the help. Thank you for anyone who sends me messages of support. Um, look, I love what I do. Sometimes it's hard. And it's nice to get a nice message every now and again. Um, thank you for the people who have done that. It means a lot to me. If you'd like me to talk about anything in particular, email clockworkjunkiepodcast at gmail.com and I will talk to you soon. My name is Mark McCormick and this is the Clockwork Junkie Podcast. Mm-hmm.